Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by fans. Welcome back, NASCAR fans, to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey. How you doing, Tam? How was your weekend? My weekend was most excellent. As you know, I'm getting ready to go out the country, so I've just been packing. No, I'm telling a lie. I've just <laughs> been preparing to pack. Right. And packing just takes so much time. If you don't travel as much as me and Tam do, it is a process that you have to go through an all-day affair to pack. And even if you're just going for a couple of days. But how long are you going to be gone for? I am going to be gone for 12 whole days. Oh, my goodness. 12 whole days just traveling. Yes, I'm going to Spain, but I'm going throughout Spain. I'm going to hit up Barcelona, Madrid, Ibiza, Seville, Toledo. I'm doing a lot in 12 oh, days. Man, you're going, yeah, you're going to some really, really nice places. Have you been to any of those places before? Yes, I've been to Spain before. Oh, okay. I've never been to Ibiza, but how is Ibiza? Have you been there? No, this oh, will be my okay. first time. I'm actually going to check out a DJ. Oh, really? I'm going across the world to party. Oh, <laughs> what DJ are you going to go see? Black Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah, but right I'm going to check out Black Coffee. There's some other DJs. I may check out Paris Hilton. For you guys that don't know, yes, Paris Hilton is a DJ. She actually DJs in Ibiza, and she does this big, huge phone party. But I'm not sure if Paris Hilton is my cup of tea, but we'll see. <laughs> what kind of music is that? EDM. EDM? Okay, cool. Well, Black Coffee plays more South African house. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, And I, then I'll check out the old head, Carl Cox, who's pushing, I think he's 52 now. Is he 52 already? Yes. Oh, wow. Jeez, I didn't realize that he was that old already. I had a uh, wonderful weekend myself. Actually, speaking of EDM, I went to Hard Summer uh, Festival, which was fantastic because I didn't get to miss the race. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thank God it was rain. And I don't know where you guys are at, but it's sunny here in Southern California. But apparently rain, fog and everything else delayed that race. Well, for you guys that were working and missed the race, you missed a great one. I mean, it really, really was a good race. And... Guess who won? Aha, Chris Busher. So let me just say this, Renee. There was a point in the race where I got super excited. And I was like, holy crap. I mean, you had Larson and Dylan battling. Mm -hmm. And then Joey came out of no place and was like, I'll let you guys play, you little youngest. Not that he's not young himself. But the race got really good. And then the fog rolled in. And I was like, holy crap, I think this is going to be a race that is going to be called. That fog looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, it looked like something out of a horror movie. When Cal Larson and Austin Dillon were racing, it was probably right at the 70 mm -hmm. lap. So if the race was stopped, NASCAR yeah. could call it because we were halfway through. But it went on and it went on. And then I was like, okay, 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 okay. At the end, I said, who's number 34? And just so you guys know, I pride myself on knowing almost every NASCAR number. I was like, who is number 34 and who is number seven? <laughs> yeah, and for no you guys kidding. that don't know, 34 is Chris Buescher and number seven is Reagan Smith. And Reagan came in third. And two I drivers, was like, who are two drivers we don't ever hear from at any point because we're so used to hearing other drivers and other numbers. So congratulations to the number 34 car, Chris Buescher, who is your winner at Pocono. 
I tell you, I was listening to a little bit of the uh, interview that they did with his crew chief, Bob Osborne, on NASCAR, the Sirius XM radio that I uh, have in my car, which is actually awesome. Anyway, it was interesting because, Tim, I was listening to that, and I didn't realize what a fantastic small career he's had so far. But this guy started from being a tire guy all the way to a crew chief now. And I think that's amazing. He was talking about the work that he's put in, the dedication that he's put in to get where he's at. And I congratulate him on that. He has been in victory lane before with some other drivers, but he was just explaining how awesome it was for some of these guys who have never been in victory lane and how awesome a feeling that is and watching those guys celebrate like that. I think it was fantastic. I felt bad that he won the race and didn't get a proper celebration. Right, yeah. Because he wasn't able, and we're talking about Chris and, of course, his crew chief, they weren't able to go in victory circle. The celebration was kind of like, oh, I mean, at one point he was standing there by himself, and he was like, yeah, I haven't seen my crew since I got out the car. And he waited on his crew to come, and then it was like, oh, but it was like a makeshift little area that they had to roll a car in. So I felt really bad that Chris won his first Cup Series race. And his celebration was just like, there's a birthday cake. Blow out the candles. (laughs) Yay. I know. Like, he didn't even really have a proper hat change ceremony. I know. It was uh, nothing like that. And then let's get down to the statue part. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's something that's going in the garage. I think I shared this last week. I'm not sure if we talked about it on air or off air, but... I actually had a brick from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, mm-hmm. and I dumped it in the trash. Did and you? Yeah. I, I I don't know if we talked about it, but yeah, I had this brick forever, and I felt so bad that that's I dumped right, it in did. the trash. You did. Yeah, that's right. I remember But now. I just kept thinking to myself, what am I going to do with this brick? And I mean, I know it's historic, and it's from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We kissed the bricks. But to be honest, I have so many photos of myself kissing the bricks in victory lane or victory circle right there you know whether it was when i was there when jimmy johnson won when i was there when ryan newman won i just kept saying to myself what am i gonna do with this brick so with chris busher (laughs) and that statue what is he really gonna do with a is it a bald eagle it's ugly whatever it is yeah it's a bald eagle and it's ugly yeah some people might think it's a fantastic statue i think i'm like with you tam i think it's okay i don't think it's one of the best probably wouldn't go on my mantle in my living room but (laughs) nevertheless he's the winner and I was thinking back on how Austin Dillon had pitted right around those laps 125 127 and it was at that point where Chris Buescher took the lead and I kept thinking to myself like how sick does Austin Dillon feel to his stomach that he if he would have just stayed out and not gone to pit road I wonder if Busher's crew chief knew something. Do you think well, he knew something? Well, I mean, I was listening to a couple of the radio scanners. I was going back and forth. And most of the guys knew that the fog was rolling in. Unfortunately, you can't see fog on the radar mm-hmm. like that. But there was some chatter from a lot of the crew chiefs that there was fog coming yeah. in. Austin's crew just made the wrong call. Yeah. As simple as that. But going back to what we said earlier about... Kyle Larson and Austin battling mm-hmm. when it was 70 laps in. Yeah. I think they thought at that point the race was going to be called. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And Joey Logano just swooshed past yeah, right, right by I'll them. I'll never just... forget that. that. That was funny to me. <laughs> and it wasn't like he just kind of like slowly passed them up. I mean, he flew by He did those everything guys. except throw 
the PC later <laughs> sign out yeah. the window. Which was fantastic to see the two young guys going at it. But Joey Logano just comes by and just was like, oh, man. Well, some other interesting things that happened during the race. That was obviously one of the most interesting things because mm-hmm. it was funny to me. Let's talk about Jeff Gordon and his seatbelt issue. Like, I don't understand NASCAR seatbelt issue during a race, like of all things. It was a lot of odd things that happened this race. I mean, you even had Jimmy Johnson, who ended up having a hole in the grill at the beginning of the race. There's some kind of bad luck on the Hendrick team right yeah. now. And I don't you know, know what it is, but going back to the whole seatbelt thing, that is unfortunate. It didn't help matters any because... When Gordon got that penalty for speeding on the restart, had to start in seventh, I believe. And then that's when the whole seatbelt thing happened. And he ended up slowing down. I mean, if he slowed down anymore, he'd come to a complete stop. That's pretty much how the race ended for him, unfortunately. So I know it had to have been a very frustrating race for him. Not something that he wanted because he's still substituting for Dale Jr., who should be back. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's like some kind of... It's almost like Martin Truex's luck rubbed off on the Hendrick guys. Right, and Martin Truex again here at Pocono <laughs> having problems once again. I mean, he went out early. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand what is the problem. The luck is just never ending with this guy. And it's like a black cloud all literally all over again. So the fog and the rain and you the clouds. You know what? You hit it on the nose. <laughs> black cloud. Because yeah. he races with that black primer car. Mm, yeah. Maybe. You know what? Maybe was his car black when he won? Oh, you know what? I don't remember. I don't recall. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll you know, he went out early. And then, of course, going back to the Hendrick situation, Chase tried his best to take out everybody. I mean, he got in it with <laughs> Denny Hamlin. Yep. Well, first he got into it with Blaney, his best friend, Ryan Blaney. Then he got into it with Denny Hamlin. And then... He got into it with Joey Logano, which is crazy. And took out Joey Logano up against the wall. Yeah, and I know he said after the race that he was sorry. He apologized to uh, Team Penske and Logano's team. But what's done is done. And I know that most Logano fans don't want to hear this, but there were a lot of non-Logano fans who were happy that that happened. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Chase picked up a bunch of new fans with that move. I think Even though too. it was not intentional, he picked up a lot of fans because there's just something that you love to hate about Joy. Yeah. And it's so interesting because Joy has always got a smile on his face. Yeah. But I don't know. It could be one of those backhanded compliment type of smiles like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. It didn't seem like he meant to do it. He was right behind Hamlin, and uh, he just made contact with Joey, and they went in, both went into the wall. One of those unfortunate things, but you know what? I can remember a lot of races where Logano has done that to some other people as well. And whether he was at fault or not doesn't matter. It's happened more than one occasion. And that's just why people don't like Joey, because yeah. it's happened on more than one occasion. Right. Because it could be intentional. Exactly. But I'm going to leave it at that. We heard a lot of familiar names. We heard a lot of the young guys' names being mm-hmm. called this race. But there were a few names that we did not hear, which struck me as odd. One name that we haven't really talked about her, and I think it's a good thing that we haven't talked about her because that Mm -hmm. means she's staying out of trouble, but Danica Patrick. Danica came in 22nd. She finished the race. I don't recall her having any incidents, but last year I remember Danica was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Now you just don't hear her name at all. 
which is really interesting. Right. And just so we can let everybody know that uh, me and Tam are not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. That is correct. But we always try to uh, throw our uh, little Danica stuff in there. And you're right. It might be a good thing that we don't hear from her very much. But you know what? It is nice to kind of know that she finishes in that kind of up close in the top. Yeah. Well, some other names that I didn't hear that is starting to be alarming to me. But we didn't hear Greg Biffle's name, who Mm -hmm. came in 25th. And we didn't hear Matt Kenseth's name, who was actually one of my picks. I think he was my dark horse. For this race, he came in 17th. Again, we talk about it each week, and we don't mean to beat a dead horse in the head. I think that's how you say it. But there's a change in the guard going on, seriously. Oh, yeah. Because the Biffles, the McKenzie's, we never hear about my guy anymore, Mr. Five-Hour Energy Dream. And when we do hear his name, that means Clint is doing something he shouldn't be or in a place that he shouldn't be. But... (laughs) It's now become all about our Fantastic Four. It's always, and if you guys don't know, last week we coined the term Fantastic Four for Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Kyle Larson. We're hearing these guys' names every week, no matter what, whether it's good or bad. They're either racing right there or they're in trouble. Yeah, and Chris Buescher winning this race could make it, Fabulous Five. I don't know. <laughs> we could be going from Fantastic Four to Fabulous Five, but yeah, I, think I don't this know is if great. I'm ready. To right, include. I don't know if I'm ready for throwing that in there just because of the. And by the way, let me just say this before we go any further. I don't want anybody to uh, throw an asterisk on this Chris Busher win. Anybody who is a NASCAR fan, things happen, and when you can put yourself, whether it's crew chief or driver or the the whole team itself, when you can put your driver in a position to win a race regardless of whether it's called early or or whatever i think you deserve the win and rightfully so so i just wanted to tell the fans that tam i don't know how you feel but i i would imagine you probably feel the same way i don't know i'm indifferent yeah it's kind of like when eric amarillo won that race it was rain delayed it is what it is he won and he took home a ugly ass trophy chris bush I think bald eagles are actually kind of cool looking, you know? I mean, yeah. it just, it says America, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the just trophy itself just looks, well, I don't know. Speaking of America, I don't know. Is this a good transition? You would probably think this because how it's always about America's team, Dallas Cowboys, because mm-hmm. I know you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. That's right. It's just un-American that Dale Jr. is not racing. Yeah, I would totally agree, but I think he should be back, I believe, next or this coming weekend, obviously. Yeah, it hasn't been announced. Right. I mean, he gave a update on his concussion status. It mm-hmm. just seems that there's really no change. So there's a possibility he may or may not be back. Luckily for you Jeff Gordon fans, Jeff is on standby. But if he continues to have the issues that he has, do you think it's exposing the crew chief? Well, and before you answer, Dale was kind of on a hot streak last year. Then we had the change in crew chiefs, and this year's just been kaput. I think it's a yes and no, and I would say it is yes for Dale Jr., no for Gordon, only because he's only filling in for these past two races, and I think maybe just a little bit of rust of not being on the track. It kind of is giving Gordon a little bit of a rusty start, I think just the the small problems that he's having. But the whole Dale Jr. thing... I think I'm going to say yes. I think it could be a little bit of an exposure of the crew chief because if you're going to have that kind of success 
from one year to the next, and it's going to go from one extreme to the other. I think there's a problem there. And I don't know if it's crew chief. I don't know if it's the team itself. I would hate to say it's Dale Jr., the driver. I'm not going to say that, and I don't think it is. But maybe a difference of tactics and strategy, just not working. Well, going back to the Poconos race really quick and tying this all in with Hendrick, when have we ever, like, it's becoming the norm for a Hendrick driver not to be in the top 10. Right. Like, our top 10 for Poconos was Chris Busher, who took home first, Brad Keselowski second, Reagan Smith third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Smoke fifth, Kyle Larson sixth, Denny Hamlin seventh, Carl Edwards eighth, Kyle and Kurt Busch in ninth and tenth. Right. Not a Hendrick name in top 10. Hmm. So there's definitely something going on. I don't know, but Hendrick needs to get it together because this is not the NASCAR we know in the Hendrick era. Right. What's there's it? always a Hendrick driver somehow, some way, some place. Let's just throw it out there. You said his name and he was number five. And this guy continues to have a resurgence every week, it seems like. And smoke coming in fifth. It's becoming a norm, and this guy is going out on his last year of racing like nobody else I've ever seen before. This guy is just fun to watch. The Stuart House team is just, yeah. like, why is this cap? Kevin Harvick is in the number one spot mm -hmm. when it comes to points. Yeah. Of course, Bad Brad is not too far behind him, but Kevin is in the number one spot. And then you have Kurt and Cal in third and fourth, and then Carl Edwards in fifth. Again, no Hendrick drivers in the top five in terms of point. Right. And by the way, Chris Buescher winning the race at Pocono today doesn't necessarily punch his ticket to the chase. He is still some points behind. And I know that's kind of confusing to some people, Tam, because I think most people were like, well, I thought if you want a race, you automatically punch your ticket to the chase. Yeah, well, you still have to be in the top 30 in points. Right, okay, and Chris Buescher is still not there. I think he's still behind Reagan, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I mean, the fact that yeah. Reagan, we're talking about <laughs> Reagan. Right about now, this time of year, we should be talking about Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. I, and We're talking about Reagan's the yeah. number seven. We're talking about Chris Buescher, the number 34 for front row. Yeah. Again. I was like, who is in the number seven? <laughs> I bet your people at home were trying to figure that out, too. Like, who's number seven? <laughs> who's 34? Earl Campbell. I, he wore 34. I don't know. The point is that these race car drivers, and going back to something that you said earlier, is this is just part of changing of the guard. This is part of the young guys coming in and the older guys just not fading out, but just getting just overshadowed by the young drivers doing so well. And let's look at Austin Dillon and Kyle Larson going at it. It's just good to see like a lot of these young NASCAR drivers and these rookies making some news, making some headways. I think it's kind of fun to watch. You know. Well, speaking of the young drivers and tying it into Hendrick and all that, believe it or not, Chase Elliott is actually number four in terms of merchandise sales. Is that right? You have Dale Jr., of course, in the number one spot, Jimmy Johnson at two, Kyle Busch at number three. And that's really interesting because there was a time where Kyle Busch was hated. Boo. But I think they would boo him. I think that accident 
last year at Daytona and him coming back after injuring both legs to win the championship did him very well. Yeah, they would literally boo him as he was being introduced at the start of the races. Yeah, and then so we have Dale 1, Jimmy 2, Kyle Busch 3, Chase 4, Kevin Harvick in the fifth spot, Mm. and Tony Stewart in the sixth spot. And of course, Danica is in number seven. And surprisingly, Carl Edwards is eighth and Brad Keselowski is ninth. And because the ladies also love Casey King, he's in tenth. Interesting. That is interesting. Because you would think Danica would be... Top five, at least, I would think. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. But, you know, saying all this to say, Hendrick merchandise sales are great. At one point, they were a great team. Not saying they're not a great team now, but they're definitely underperforming. Yeah. Well, I think either way it goes, you even look in there and you still have Tony Stewart still selling a lot of merchandise himself. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if that number still gets higher as the season goes on and towards the end of the chase and just the way that he's racing. I would not surprise me if Tony Stewart just got more fans just because of the way he's driving. Well, a lot of it is more fans because the way he's driving, but also because he's leaving. Yeah. So I'm going to get me some Tony Stewart gear. I'm going to get me some Tony Stewart Yeah, I have a number 14 hat, but I would like to have more. I mean, yeah. Not being braggadocious, but most of my NASCAR gear is autographed. I have a lot of autographed stuff. I have a Jimmy Johnson hat. I have a Jamie McMurray autographed stuff. I have a lot of autographed what, items. What's one of your most pieces of merchandise that you have and you go, this is the one that I love and it's signed? Well, of course, I threw that brick away, but it wasn't autographed. <laughs> Joe Gibbs gave me a copy of his book and autographed it. So that's oh, probably one of my most cherished NASCAR memorabilia mm-hmm. because that's more of an NFL thing to me. I'm not as big into NFL as I used to be, but nonetheless, I do watch myself some football. Yeah. And so you... that's probably one of my most cherished NASCAR merchandise. Oh, fantastic. You know what? If you guys have anything that you have autographed or you got a piece of merchandise that was autographed by your favorite driver or any driver or any owner, We'd like to hear uh, about it. Please tweet us or uh, hit us up on our social media, and uh, Tam will tell you how to get that. We can be found at Turns No Breaks on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and make sure you guys check us out. The website is live. Speaking of Instagram, we posted a video from the ARCA race. We got over 30,000 views, and if you guys didn't see Unfortunately, there was a really bad accident in the ARCA race where one of the drivers actually took out two of his pit crew guys. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, horrible accident and something that you don't ever want to see anywhere. I don't care if it's just regular street or even especially in a NASCAR pit road, but it was very scary. He hit two of the uh, guys that were coming out of his pit who one looked really bad. The other one got up right away, kind of almost immediately. But you could tell he was obviously hurt. He limped over to the car and was leaning on the car. The other pit crew guy was almost motionless. It was very scary, but it was obvious that there's something terrible went wrong. I was something with the brakes. But if you get a chance to look at it, you can look it up on our Instagram and you can see the entire footage there and you can kind of see how dangerous that these pit crew members uh, of a job that they have 
And you can see how scary of a moment that was. That must have been for the entire team and their families. Yeah, I mean, both guys were taken to the infield care center. Mm -hmm. One was released and the other one went to the hospital, which is just not ever a good situation. You know, speaking of accidents, too, Brad Keselowski was involved in an accident earlier this week as he was testing at Watkins Glen. That photo is also on our Instagram. If you get a chance, make sure to go to our Instagram and check it out. You can also go to Twitter and check out Brad's Twitter account because he talked about that. And again, it was a joke, but it wasn't. But he posted the photo and was like, yeah, I guess I won't be doing the Facebook Live session, I guess, that he has scheduled because of the accident. It was amazing that he actually walked away from the accident. It's a testament to how great NASCAR safety is because that could have ended very badly. Yeah, and I think that's why when you go back to having seatbelt problems like Jeff Gordon had, something small like that is very dangerous because for all intentional purposes, you don't want to be driving in a car and God forbid something happened, and then your seatbelt is broken and who knows you know what i mean so that's why it's so important all around that you see these small things and you take them for granted but jeff gordon did the right thing by slowing down even if it made him go all the way to the end and having to fix that problem but it was very important and you know what brad Keselowski walking away from that rick is is just simply amazing but one thing i wanted to mention since you brought jeff gordon's issue with his seatbelt. We want to know, what did you guys think about Monday racing at Poconos? We posted a question on our Twitter account that simply was, was Pocono an exciting Monday race? And believe it or not, 81% of you guys said yes, and only 19% said no. Again, it was some great racing. I mean, it was unpredictable. You had passing, you had wrecks, you had drama, whether it be the issue with Jeff's seatbelt, Jimmy Johnson having a hole in this grill. The Truex problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what. I mean, that Martin Truex always some drama. Yeah. But you root for him every week, but it's always drama. Chase going into Logano. Yeah. And speaking of Chase, another yeah. poll that we posted was our Rookie of the Year. Yeah. We simply asked the question, who do you think is going to be Rookie of the Year? And the choices were Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and Chris Buescher. And it's really interesting because I never thought we would be talking about Chris Busher as rookie of the Neither year because I. it was almost as if Neither Chase did had I. it. So, but what the results were, 65% for Chase, 23% for Chris Busher. I was actually a little disappointed that he received more votes than Blaney, right. but under the circumstances, because the poll was taken right before Chris Busher was announced the winner. It was actually while they were on the under caution. Right. And it was clear that, that he was going to win. Is that after the red flag came yeah. out? Okay, yeah. But, yeah, so it looks like Chase will probably end up being the rookie of the year. Well, but we'll see. I think he's definitely got my vote as well. And that's nothing to take away from uh, Busher winning this race at all. And you know what? If Busher somehow rattles off another two, three great finishes the next several races that we have coming down to uh, the chase, then maybe, maybe I could understand what that poll might change. But as of right now, Chase Elliott still has my vote as far as that is concerned for Rookie of the Year. Well, since we're talking about two of our Fantastic Four, Mm -hmm. let's talk about Kyle Larson for a little bit. We haven't really brought this up in a while, but since Kyle and Austin were battling, 
we posed a question on Twitter, our ongoing question, and you guys already know where we're going, but will Kyle Larson win a race? And you guys know Renee doesn't think he will win a race this year. Interesting enough, and this goes into our fan comment, when we posted the question, the really cool video, if you haven't checked it out, of Renee and I debating it on, I believe, our first episode, mm -hmm. we had some responses. And the responses weren't exactly what we thought they would be, but I won't say they were worthy, but we thought we would mention them as our fan comment. So one response to the question as to whether or not Kyle Larson would win a race was simply, I hate Dylan. And that comment was by at Gotta Love NASCAR on Twitter. Another comment from user at Myers WS699 on Twitter was, Nope, because the little spoiled Dylan Brat ruined it. Hope Larson retaliates. Of course, that was in, in regards to the drama that was unfolding at Poconos with both Austin and Kyle on the track. We find those comments very interesting because it's almost like Austin is taken on the role as villain. And a quick internet search or a quick Twitter search will reveal he's not very light. I always talk about I like this guy because he has attitude. But it's almost as if there's a lot of resentment. It's not his fault that his grandfather is who he is. But do you think a lot of it is just people are mad that he's privileged in some regards or do you think people are mad at his racing i think it's a little bit of both i don't know if uh one or the other is more but i think it's kind of half and half so i'm going to kind of like stand in the middle now i don't know if maybe his team or his people behind him are telling him you know what maybe you should do this and try to be a little bit more aggressive with this or that. I really don't know because obviously I don't know any of their teams personally. I don't know any of the background with all of them. Whatever it is, these guys all need to, and I'm talking about the Fantastic Four of what we're talking about. All of these guys need to make a push to really kind of like secure their spot in the chase because it's winding down. The season is coming to an end and all these names that like we've been talking about that we're hearing there's a lot of race car drivers out there who should be in the chase and who are not, and some who are in the chase and maybe just sitting on the bubble. Uh, I think with that being said, I think everybody's just trying to vie for a spot, and maybe this is just one of their ways of just trying to keep some kind of momentum going for his team to make sure that they solidify themselves in a position for the chase at the end of the year. Well, it's funny you said that because you guys know by now I love to listen to the scanners. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Austin Dillon's radio, and I don't know who it came from, but I overheard someone on the radio said not to take SHIT from anyone. Yeah, and th and that was uh, from... Uh, uh, that was on Austin Dillon's radio. Austin Dillon's radio, yeah. Well, I think so, it's, whether it was his crew chief or, or somebody else, I think that's just another part of trying to motivate your driver to and really not kind of let anybody try to overpass you, try to bogart you, try to bully you. That's a good move. You know what I mean? You're just trying to motivate your driver to stay in his position and get into a higher position, not go backwards. Point is to win the race or finish as close to the top as you can. Well, let's move on to predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Watkins Glen. Renee, who you got? Watkins Glen. Wow. I would love to say Kurt Busch, and I'm not. 
Because you're going to say Kevin Harvin. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I am going to say Kevin Harvick. You know what? I'll give you my dark horse. Kevin Harvick is going to be my dark horse. I'm telling you. And I know you people out there are probably sick of me <laughs> saying Kevin Harvick. But I'm just waiting for this guy. And it's like he's there. He Look, we picked Kevin Harvick. Or I picked Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. And they may not have won the race, but they both finished in the top 10. So I give myself that. But I will put Kevin Harvick as my dark horse. My winner at Watkins Glen, I'm going to say Brad Keselowski. Okay, so you're going to record with Bad Brad for your pick and your dark horse, Kevin Harvick. Yep. Okay, history time, boys and girls. Because as you know, this is our 13th episode. That's right. I give you a little history before I pick my winners. So, our last five winners at Watkins Glen. So, in 2011 and 2012, we had Marcos Ambrose. 2013, we had Kyle Busch. 2014, A.J. Amadinger. In 2015, we had Joey Logano. I feel like we should be calling Joey bad Joey. Instead of bad Brad, bad Brad. Because no. Brad Keselowski is not that bad. I don't know. Uh, but I, I know I, bad I think, Joy. I think he is. Okay. So, <laughs> My personal opinion. And just to kind of give you some Xfinity background, Kurt Busch won in 2011, Carl Edwards 2012, bad Brad in 2013, and this guy Ambrose again in 2014, mm. and Joy Logano in 2015. So if you guys were listening, in 2015, Joy Logano last year actually swept Watkins Glen. He took home the win for the Cup Series as well as the Xfinity Series. Some names we didn't mention. Do you know that Smoke Tony Stewart is a five-time winner at, at Watkins, Watkins Glen? Glen? didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, so pretty interesting. I mean, it's been a while since he won because clearly he hasn't won in the last five years. Right. But he indeed is a five-time winner. So now that you have a little history, I'm going to give you some of my picks. But first of all, let's just take a moment to reflect. Ambrose actually won Watkins Glen. What is that? 2011, 2012, the Cup Series, and in 2014, in Xfinity. Who is this guy? <laughs> I know you guys. I, I haven't heard his name in a while. Yeah. Interesting. Is he still racing? I don't know. I don't think he is. Wow. We'll have to look that up. If anybody knows how there, why don't you hit us up? So, my predictions. I don't know. This is a tough one. If you guys notice, I'm actually stalling. That's why I'm talking so slow. Because I'm trying to figure out who am I going to go with. <laughs> I don't know. For the hell of it. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. No. I should I go with Tony Stewart. No, you're going to go with the big smoke. You know what? I'm going with Tony Stewart. You know why? Because Tony can race any place, any time, any day, and on any track, including what you guys should know about me already, a road course, because I don't like anybody's road courses. So I'm going to go with my man, Tony Stewart, and I'm going to go with my dark horse as Kevin Harvick. There we go. Boom. Drops the mic. Drops the mic. <laughs> so we're both dark horse Kevin Harvick. You got Tony winning it. I got the number two bad Brad Keselowski winning it. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. Thank you for listening. Please catch us each and every week here after the races. We do our podcast. If you missed any of our old podcasts, please go back and check us out. You can hit us up on our personal social media. You can find Tam at I am sincerely Tam. You can hit me on Twitter at It's Renee Garcia. Please look us up, follow us, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 